Hello, I'm Amanda Jezik, IDSA's Senior Vice President for Public Policy and Government Relations. Welcome to IDSA's COVID-19 podcast series that aims to keep IDSA members, medical professionals, and the public informed during this pandemic by talking with experts in the field of infectious diseases. In this episode, we'll be discussing COVID-19 bivalent vaccine boosters with infectious diseases physicians Dr. Kathy Edwards and Dr. Kip Talbot of Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. Thank you both for joining us today. Dr. Talbot, can you please go over exactly what the FDA approved with regard to bivalent vaccines and what exactly CDC is recommending with regard to these bivalent COVID-19 vaccine boosters? Yes, and actually, I think I'm going to back it up a bit and actually kind of talk about what a bivalent vaccine is. The vaccines that we have been previously using have been the ones based on the primary virus that was circulating, the original one. Unfortunately, the virus has outsmarted us and kept changing and changing and changing. So the vaccine now will have two different strains of COVID in it, the original and one of the newer Omicron ones, B4, B5, BA4, BA5. And the reason for that is if it continues to change, we have a little bit of both strains to provide protection no matter which way the virus wants to go, back to the old way or forward with the Omicrons. The Moderna and Pfizer vaccines were licensed based on the primary data that they had. So Pfizer vaccines that are bivalent are licensed for those 12 and over, and they contain 15 micrograms of each of the strains. The Moderna is licensed for those 18 and older, and that is based on the original studies. It is also bivalent. It also has the original strain in the BA4 or 5 and has 25 and 25 micrograms of each. So they're very similar, almost the same doses, and they are now to be used as boosters. In fact, we're not even calling them boosters. We're calling them updated vaccines. So if you have had your primary series, whether that's two, three, four, five shots, how many you've received, your new booster is actually an updated vaccine, and it's the bivalent vaccine. The FDA actually removed emergency use authorization for the monovalent or the one-strain vaccines for boosters. So doesn't mean if you haven't gotten your shots yet, there's still a chance to get in line for your first round and you will get the monovalent for your first round because that's where we have the most data. But then when you're ready for your booster, we'll try the bivalent vaccine. And can you tell us what the CDC is recommending specifically with regard to the bivalent COVID-19 boosters? Same thing. If you're 12 and up, you will get a booster. But if you're 12 to 17, you'll be eligible to get the Pfizer If you're 18 and above, you'll be able to get either the Pfizer or Moderna. And you're to get the bivalent vaccine this fall, regardless of how many other shots you've had, as long as you've had at least two. And Dr. Edwards, these bivalent or multivalent vaccines are not a new concept. So could you tell us about other ways that these have been or currently used? Well, I think one of the things that really helps to understand some of these issues is to go back to influenza vaccines. And influenza vaccines have been uh, used for decades. And we know that every year when we get our flu vaccine, we're getting immunized against several strains. We are getting immunized currently against four strains, so it's called quadrivalent. But if we were getting immunized against 
two, it would be called bivalent, or if it was three, it would be trivalent. So the concept is, just as Dr. Talbot so clearly outlined, is to try and understand what is circulating and to give a vaccine for what is circulating. So we have this surveillance system for flu, looking for all kinds of flu strains all over the world so that we can predict what is going to happen each flu season. And based on that, we decide which four vaccines do we put into the flu vaccine. We also have a lot of experience using animals to help us understand whether we're going to have good responses to those vaccines. So the animals often will get these strains first, either ferrets or mice. And we have decades of experience telling us that even though ferrets and mice are very different from people, their immune responses aren't very different. And so we have a lot of information from that. So then we can predict which vaccine strains to use. We can make the vaccines. We can put them together and give them to for flu vaccine every year. The FDA has relied on that tried and true method to see, first of all, what's circulating and then with what is circulating then to, to work with the companies who make the vaccines, those vaccines are then tested and made sure that they make antibody responses and then they are put into people. Now we have studied the BA1 bivalent vaccine in humans and it works very well. We have not yet got our antibody levels yet from people in the BA4 or 5. But we know from the, the mice with BA1 and the people with BA1 that their responses are almost identical. So we would project and, and we'll very soon see that those antibodies that, that are made for BA4 and 5 are going to be robust. So that's sort of how we got here. And the reason that we feel so good about it is because we've had all these years to work with flu and make vaccines that are really up to date on what's circulating. Hello, my name is Dr. Mati Flechwayo Davis. I'm the associate editor for the COVID Health Equity Resources section of the COVID-19 Real-Time Learning Network. The COVID Health Equity Resources section offers a collection of educational and training materials, research articles, and resources that are curated to help medical professionals and institutions provide equitable COVID-19 care. Check us out at idsociety.org forward slash COVID-19 Real-Time Learning Network forward slash COVID Health Equity Resources. Dr. Edwards, is there anything else that you may want to share about how we can apply all that we have learned from our experiences with influenza vaccines to these COVID-19 boosters? We have a lot of experience with flu vaccines. We know how they work. We know that they need to be administered each year. We know that the side effects are relatively minimal. So that's very reassuring. But And we also know a whole lot about COVID vaccines. We've given millions and billions of doses worldwide. We know that they, you know, their reaction profiles, we know that they've really made an enormous impact on, you know, we're seeing low 
cases, low deaths, low hospitalizations. So they also uh, work very well. We also know that they're by and large are safe. We know we've had some, you know, side effects, but but we we've known, you know, those and, and we know that it hurts our arms and we may need to lay down a little bit, but we have a lot of experience as well with both the safety and the effectiveness of COVID vaccines. So I feel really comfortable that this year when it's time to get my flu vaccine, I can get my COVID vaccine. It's as I think Dr. Fauci said, that's why you have two arms. I'm not sure that's totally right, but it is nice to be able to give one in each arm. Dr. Talbot, what do you think scientists will need to continue to learn from these vaccines? Oh, everything. This is so exciting as a scientist. So my day job is a scientist. I think we're going to have to learn how well these work. How well did we choose the variant? What will circulate? How long will your immune system last after being vaccinated? Are there ways to make a vaccine that's not dependent on the spike protein that likes to change on a regular basis? There always are special groups that we want to vaccinate to protect them, but they're often the ones that don't respond to vaccines, like much older adults or those that are immunocompromised. And so I think we still have a lot to learn how well these vaccines work in those populations and how can we improve them in those populations. So I think there's a bunch of exciting things to do. I'd like to get both of your opinions on whether boosters will become an annual occurrence, sort of like what we have with flu vaccines now each season. I think it's hard to know if it's like influenza and it changes each year so that that may be a possibility. It's interesting that now we have people that have been infected and immunized and sort of the combination of both the natural infection and the vaccine is kind of each, they're they're stimulating and make our immune responses even better. So I think we're going to have to use the systems in place that Dr. Talbot is working on all the time to look and see how well people are protected. Does it immunity wane or how long does it last? And and those sorts of things. So I think it's too early to say whether we're going to need this every year. We may, we may not, but I, I think the possibility exists, but it certainly is not a given and we'll just have to see. I completely agree. The one thing I've won in this whole pandemic is my crystal ball. Absolutely. Wouldn't we all like a crystal ball for this pandemic? (laughs) Well, finally, I'd like to hear advice from both of you. What are you telling your own friends and family members about getting this booster? Well, I'm telling my friends and family members that they should get it, that this is actually making things somewhat easier because no matter what you've gotten before, you need the bivalent. I'm also telling people that if they've recently had covid that I'm asking them to wait maybe a little bit longer than the two months, maybe three months or so, so that they don't have more reactions to it. And also that we can kind of prolong the immunity. And then I'm also telling my grandchildren that they're not quite ready yet for the boosters, but those hopefully will be coming around the corner and they will need them as well. I will be getting mine. I had four doses of of vaccine, but I will be getting a booster. and, And so will my husband and my family members. So that's what I'm telling them that, you know, one of the important things doctors need to know is it makes a big difference if you say that you're doing this, you're getting the vaccine, because it means that you believe in it, that you feel it's safe, 
and that you're really committed to it. So don't forget when you talk to people about the bivalent is tell them that you have already done it. And Dr. Edwards, what about mixing and matching? If someone got Pfizer previously, should they stick with Pfizer, get Moderna, vice versa? What would you advise on that front? The letter of the law is that you're supposed to get all the same. But in the real world, the practical world, it depends just what what there is. So let's say you've had received Pfizer before, but that you go to the neighborhood CVS and all they have is Moderna, get the Moderna. If you can get the same, fine. But it, you know, pretty much the, the mRNA vaccines, they have a little difference in dose, but basically they're made the same way. And, and so if you can't get the same one, it's fine to, to get the other. And Dr. Talbot, going back to the broader question, what advice are you giving to your own friends and family members about getting the booster? Oh, the exact same thing Dr. Edwards is, at least for consistent. But I do also want to make a plug. If you haven't received your first doses, it's not too late. Go ahead and get vaccinated. And then we'll get you your bivalent a little bit later. So exactly the same as Dr. Edwards, but just want to put a plug in for those who are missing the first dose. And a lot of children are missing the first few doses that don't forget that. It's still an opportunity. Excellent point. Thank you. And I got my valent booster two days ago and feeling great and so grateful for that opportunity. At this time, I'd like to thank Drs. Edwards and Talbot for their time, participation, and expertise. For the latest information and resources on the COVID-19 pandemic, please visit IDSA's website, idsociety.org, and don't forget to follow us on social media. Tune in next time as another diverse panel of medical experts discusses the latest on COVID-19. I'm Amanda Jessick. The views and opinions expressed here are those of the presenters and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Involvement of CDC should not be viewed as endorsement of any entity or individual involved with the podcast.